So let's, um, let's consider this a bit. Let's have a little thing. We're in the book of Ruth. It's good as well. We don't want massive gear changes in these moments. We just want to say this is all part of worship. It's all part of hearing God speaking to us. So we're in this book of Ruth, and we've got a central character right in the middle whose name is... Yeah, it's not, it's not, a, not a trick question. <laughs> whose, whose name is... Well done. <laughs> oh, gosh, it really is like being back at school. Um, so look, you've got this central character, Ruth, that's there. And last week we heard about Ruth's mother-in-law, whose name was... Naomi, yes, we're getting into it. Well done. Okay, so we've got Naomi who's here. And last week, Clive, when he was speaking to us, started to talk about a third character that appears. And this Kingsman Redeemer. Even as a phrase, that should start to trigger something in our heads. This Kingsman Redeemer that appears in the story. And does anyone remember what the Kingsman Redeemer was called? Started seeing, yeah, here you go, Boaz. So we've got these, sort of, there are some other characters, but don't worry about them. Um, you know, <laughs> there's these three main characters that appear in the book of Ruth. And really it revolves around Ruth as this central person and her mother-in-law. And then this Kingsman Redeemer, which kind of we don't know much about at the moment if you haven't read the story of Ruth before. But you start to realize that he gets weaved into the story. And what I kind of love about this, and I think one of the reasons we so just wanted to look at this book for four or five weeks, is... I don't know, if, you, if you've read the books that are before the book of Judges, Judges is exciting. Like actually, I know John likes Judges because you like famous deaths in the Bible, don't you? So John, John's a bit of a keynote on famous deaths. Um, but Judges is just full of deaths and bad things happening. And, you know, you get exciting ones of like Samson and people and little good kid stories that you can tell. But Judges is just a pretty bleak book if you read it it feels like the people of God are just spiraling into chaos they're just getting further and further away from the call of God in their life and then you just get this sweet book of Ruth just before Samuel before King David arrives you get this sweet little book and it just captures something of the goodness and grace of God and it all revolves around this incredible woman Ruth but what we start to see is that there's an interaction between Naomi and Ruth that's taking place and this week, as we look at chapter 2, we're going to start to see that actually Ruth and Boaz then have a little interaction. And there starts to be a little bit of relationship that's occurring between them. And then Boaz starts to relate to Ruth and he starts to show her some kindness and some grace and some goodness that's there. And all of it flows back round to Naomi again. And you kind of, you just get this, this weaved in tapestry of the way that God has this incredible way of taking disconnected events and people and weaving them not only to, them, to themselves, but into his purposes. That's amazing. You know, the world might tell you that we live by chance. That everything occurs and it's just chance. It's chance of what the weather's going to be like today. And if anyone planned a nice day on Friday, you know the chance of British weather. Because all of a sudden you think, well, it's been sunny all week. Of course it's going to be sunny on Friday. Oh, no. We don't just live by chance, though. There's something about the purposes of God. And even just the way Sam's tried to capture it in the picture there, is you're seeing this way of God weaving people together, but weaving them into his own story. And that's beautiful. Because what you start to notice as well is each of these characters don't earn their place into the story. They actually come about because of the goodness and grace of God. And I think Mo is there, aren't you? Is Mo in the middle? She is. Look at her. 
And I, I, I tried to check you, check you before to ask if it was okay, but I'll ask publicly. So there you go. And, you know, and online, people will be watching as well. But I love being in a church like this because actually Mo wrote a book on the book of Ruth. Uh, when did you write this, Mo? Says, I know, it says 2020. I guessed it was. And um, I loved it. I've just been reading it the last week, actually, just in preparing for this bit. I just love the fact that we've got people in this church. I tell you what, it isn't always the person standing at the front that is able to bring the greatest teaching and illustrations into the life of the church. There you go, trick behind the scenes. You've seen Oz. Um, it isn't. <laughs> we lead this church. We love it as part of it, but it is full of gifted men and women who just love God's word and love bringing it to life for us. And Moe's wrote this little treasure. And so, yeah, it's called Uncovering the Hidden Treasure Roof. And actually, use the little phrase in there, which I loved, which I'll probably nick forever now, which is just like the invisible hand of God. That's what this is. This is like the invisible hand of God just weaving people into his story and saying, actually, I've got a little plan for you. I've got some goodness for you that's due. I've got some kindness that's on its way. You might not see it now, but something's on its way. And um, so I, I, I guess I just wanted to say this. Life is full of patterns. So... Okay, I, you might not be able to see it there very clearly, and I'm sorry, I've got terrible handwriting. Um, but this is a pattern, and I'm just going to leave some people. You won't listen to any of the preach now. It's fine. But this is a pattern that you, I just want you to try and solve as you're sitting there. So the pattern is 1, 11, 21, 1,211. Okay, so that's just a little sequence of numbers. Some people are numbers people. They might enjoy them. But life can seem like it's full of patterns. And when you look at this, you start thinking, I wonder if there is a reason behind that. I wonder if there's a reason why one jumps to 11. Well, that's 10, the difference there. Oh, hang on a minute, then it's 10 again. But now I've jumped because I've jumped from 21 to 1,211. So the pattern seems to have gone a bit funny. And you can start looking, you're thinking, well, is it to do with the ones going across and twos that appear in there? We'll reveal all later. But actually, life can feel like it's full of these random little events. And again, what I want to suggest is that when you start to spot the patterns in life, you start to be able to map out maybe what God's doing in his story. And again, it's what I kind of love about the Bible, is the Bible is full of patterns. We, for the course of the last year and a half, have sort of been a bit passive sometimes. Maybe, maybe we've been a bit passive, but it's been quite easy to be passive, especially in a church setting. So this morning, I want us to actually read together and search for the patterns ourselves. I'm going to ask some questions, and I'd love different people here just to start calling out and raising hands if you want to be well-behaved. But we're going to start trying to spot the patterns that start appearing in chapter 2 itself. So let's see how this works. I want you very quickly just to introduce yourself to the people that are around you. Just in a little bubble, just say hi. You're going to, you're going to need to know the people that are there. If you're completely on your own, this might get a bit stuck. If you're watching in online... Talk to the person next to you on the sofa. Don't just... Okay. And now what I want us to do, so hopefully you just said a little hi, just got a little clue of who's around you. We want to remember we're in a room full of people, we're not just on our own. Okay, so now what we're going to do is we're going to read chapter 2 of Ruth together. But I'm not going to read it all from the front. I'm just going to read the first line. And I'd just like us to read it to each other because in a little bit, we're going to break bread with each other and we're going to share some stories of God's own way of weaving us into his story and his own little acts of goodness and kindness. So 
You might, you can, you can spin in your chairs. Your chairs don't have to stay locked as they are. If it's easier to spin towards each other, you're very welcome. But I'm just going to read the first line of each of this, and then all of us are going to read it publicly together. Is that okay? It doesn't matter if it's not okay, because we're doing it anyway. So here you go. Okay, so now Naomi had and a husband whose name was and let me go my daughter so she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz who is the clan of Elimelech okay Elimelech well kick on keep going has it changed I'm gonna need to put 50p in the meter is it happening yay there you go okay and behold Boaz came for all. Pause. Pattern. Something here. Bethlehem. Just hold that. Let's carry on. And he said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered. Who was in that? Reapers. Whose young woman is this? And the servant was in charge. The reapers answered. She said, oh, right, okay, came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. So we're getting a bit of backstory. Let's keep going. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she has continued from early morning until now for a, sh- for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, now listen, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. I'd be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when it's thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face down into the ground and said to him, why have I found favour in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have spoken kindly to your servant, Though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers 
and he passed her to the curtain rooms. And she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men saying, let her glean even after among sheaves. Do not reproach her. And also pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean. And do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat up what she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it and went into the city. Last few verses. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law whom she had worked and said, the man whom I work today is... Dun, dun, dun. Last ones. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, why have you blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead? Naomi also said to her, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth, the Moabite, said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi... <laughs> I nearly fell off the stage. Well done. People were so concentrated there. I very nearly fell off the stage at one point there. I got quite into it. I was reading and I forgot that the edge was there and I did a little one of those. So, you know, that would have... Okay. Excellent. Part of it as well, I just want us to hear each other reading. This is God's word speaking to us. Actually, and sometimes you find as well, when you're reading it, you take it in that little bit more. When you're just paying attention, you're thinking, well, hang on a minute, what's going on here? So we paused at one point because I wanted to drop in a breadcrumb. There you go. So there's a little breadcrumb that's appearing. So there's something about Bethlehem that seems like there's a bit of a pattern that's going to emerge here. There's some other patterns that don't just happen in this story, but you might start going, hang on a minute. There's bits here that I noticed from other parts of the Bible that I'm spotting around as well. So some interesting little parts that are in there. What did Naomi say back to Ruth? Would anyone say to her? You know when she says, maybe blessed, God has been good to both the living and the the dead. So she started to pick up here because you remember her own sons had died in chapter one. And actually it's just this thing of like God hasn't forgotten and through Boaz hasn't forgotten this family. This people that sometimes might feel like they've been completely looked over and life has just dealt them by chance bitter blows. That's what Clive talked about last week. Just by chance you've ended up with a bitter blow and oh well deal with it. Oh, well, life was bitter, things went wrong, deal with it. That isn't the story of God. God says, I'm going to bless both those that are alive and I'm going to bless the dead. I'm going to bless all of this family in remembrance of my goodness and my covenant promises towards them. Here's another amazing bit. 
Ruth was a, who did you remember, where did Ruth come from? Moab. She's a Moabite woman. So actually, it said that she was a foreigner, an outsider of the promises of God's. But what does she get told by Boaz she's been welcomed into and under the shadow of what? said it was under the shadow of something. Who can remember what we read there? Under the shadow of the wings of the Lord of Israel. God and his own people are now welcome in Moabites and outsiders and saying, you can be part of the covenant promises of God as well. You can get brought in and protected under the same covenant of peace that we're experiencing. And Boaz, and we'll hear about this in a few weeks, Boaz is from this amazing line of family. The family line of Boaz is incredible, isn't it, Mo? It is, because I've read it. It's amazing. And actually, the, the ongoing lineage of Boaz and Ruth is incredible as well. But brought into it is this Moabite, outside woman, because of her faithfulness towards her mother-in-law, when she says, where you go, I'll go. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you die, I'll die. Because of her covenant promises to her mother-in-law, Naomi, she gets welcomed into the promises of God and told, you can shelter under the wing of the Most High. It's for you as well. You get included in now. That's good news for me. Because I'm not part of the people of Israel. I'm, I'm not a Jew. I wouldn't have been brought into that. I would have been like a Moabite, an outsider, a Croydonite that would have been welcomed into the people of God. And told, actually, the covenant promises of God get extended towards me, an outsider, a foreigner, one that was not previously welcomed, gets drawn in and brought in. Because what does God love to do? He loves to weave people into his story. There's an amazing balance that goes on in this story of Ruth between the sovereignty of God, which basically means God does what he wants. Because I'm God. I do what I want. <laughs> I am God. I want to do it, I'll do it. No one makes me. I'm God. That's what I loved about when we're singing he continues working. Not because he has to work. Not because his boss is saying to him, sorry, clock in, would you? No, God loves to work. He loves to give out goodness and kindness towards us, his people, because he does what he wants. God is, sovereign. God is completely sovereign. But what do I hold in balance with that? Our choices matter. This is the weirdness of the story. And actually, see it throughout the Bible. Grace has this incredible ability to weave in our choices matter into the sovereignty of God. Chew that around if you want, you know. Chew that in your life groups this week and in your small groups and in dinner tables and sitting at home and work it out. Let's keep talking about it because there's an amazing balance here between the fact that God is sovereign and our choices matter. Ruth's choice to stay covenant promised to Naomi mattered. She made a choice. We still make choices today. We still choose to follow him. We still choose to put God first in all that we do. We still choose to respond to the kindness and goodness of God. And all of this weaves in this little bit of obedience and this little bit of sovereignty of God working in the promises towards himself. You see, as he starts to do that, you start noticing that there's this little theme of grace. Can anyone tell me, where did we spot any parts of grace in that story? Which is like, you get what you don't deserve. Where did Ruth start to get bits of getting what she didn't really deserve from the story? Anyone tell me? Who's got it? 
Yeah, she got, she got food that she didn't deserve. Gleaning the crops means she got to work, walk behind the people that were working the field and actually collecting the crop. And she was basically picking up leftovers. That was the grace. She didn't deserve it. Boaz could have said, no, you're not allowed here. But she was allowed to walk behind the back of the crops and to glean and to take what was left over. But it didn't just stop there, did it? Because what else did he start to say to his workers? Yeah, don't just leave bits. Leave, them, leave bits out for them. Leave good bits that are going along. As you're walking, don't just let her leave, take the leftovers. Because why? Because God is good. God's people are good. They're kind. They're generous. They're merciful. Sometimes. He is. And we're called to be. Boaz is an incredible example of a kingsman redeemer. But he's only a type of someone that's yet to come, isn't he? We're going to see that in a minute. I think that's where the Bethlehem clue starts to spot its way through. Of who is Boaz really? What is Boaz looking like in this story? So he's also kind. He doesn't just leave her bits in the field though as well. What else does he do for her? Feeds her. Says at the end of the day, come on, come and have food with me. And that's just an amazing way. Mo, I love this bit that you said in your book. It's an amazing way in here where he knew that it would have been awkward for her in a new setting as a Moabite woman to come in and sit with all the other workers. So what does he do? He says, go on, sit in me. I'll, I'll settle you in here. I'll make them all aware that you're okay. I'm going to give you some of these roasted bits of barley. And how much does she go home with? More than she can carry. And when she gets back to Naomi, this feeds back into Boaz's kindness towards Ruth, feeds back towards the widow Naomi, because not only is Boaz redeeming Naomi, re- redeeming Ruth, he's also starting to redeem Naomi as well and protect her because she's lost her sons. And she'd be completely on her own. In, in culture in those days, she would have been on her own. And yet all of a sudden, the goodness of God is starting to weave through from person to person and overspill from Boaz into Ruth and overspill from Ruth as she gets home and says, look what I've come back with. Where did you get all that from? Just, do you know what? I was in Boaz's field. What's the chance of that, eh? What's the chance that I just ended up in someone who was meant, who's part of our extended family and has a kingsman redeemer towards me. He has an obligation upon him, Boaz, to protect Ruth and Naomi because they're part of his extended family. Oh, what a chance that is, isn't it? Isn't it the chances that all of a sudden you just wandered in some field and the field that you wandered in was towards your kingsman redeemer? That he was the one that looked after you. Wasn't it chance, like we said last week, that it was just the beginning of the harvest? Or what are the chances that you just arrived at this moment? Can you see, Christian, we don't, we don't live life by chance. We live looking for the pattern of the sovereignty of God. That is kind towards us. And he leaves little breadcrumbs as we go along. You know, and this is just where I want us to land in this little last bit. Because we're going to break bread with each other. In this moment, there has been this little bit where all of a sudden this kingsman redeemer, this family redeemer, is now not just going to start bringing Ruth into his family, but he's going to include in Naomi as well and bring them in to be part of it. But Boaz was from Bethlehem. You heard that earlier. Does anyone know what the word Bethlehem actually means? Come on, house of bread. Bethlehem as a town, was known as the house of bread. What do we know about bread? Bread is about provision. Bread is about providing. Bread is our source of life. 
For generations, people would have relied upon bread as the harvest. They wouldn't have been able to pop down Tesco's and have a thousand different options of bread they wanted to get, whether they wanted the gluten-free option or Warburton's with no crust on the side or whether they want 50-50. It was just bread. That's what it was. That was what was available. This was a source of life. And by sharing bread and by being called the house of bread, this was the house of provision. Bethlehem, the place of provision. But what other family redeemer, kingsman redeemer, do we know was born in Bethlehem? Jesus. Our redeemer was born from the house of bread. And who, what did Jesus say of himself? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the provider. I am the kingsman redeemer. Boaz may be able to redeem Ruth for now. He may be able to bring this family in, but Jesus comes to bring all families to redeem them all to himself so they can all be united once again into the covenant promises of God so they become protected, provided for, cared for, looked after because we have a great kingsman redeemer. And that redemption of Jesus is not by chance. It's by orchestration. He's done it. He intended from the very beginning to be our redeemer, the one that would bring us in and to provide us with bread. And then what does Jesus say to us to do in remembrance of him? Break bread. Because he's from the house of bread. He's the one who is our provider. He's the one who is our redeemer. He's the one who rescues us. He's the one who brings us in, whether we're the outsider or the foreigner or the widow. Because that's what our God's like. And today, we're not just our own little bubbles and families. We are the family of God's together, redeemed as one by the one who provides us with bread. That is amazing. And that's why the Bible is full of patterns like this. The Bible's full of them. That's why please don't ever just find it enough to listen to sermons on a Sunday morning. Read the words. As you read it, the patterns appear. Sometimes they're really obvious patterns. You know, two, four, six, eight, ten. Sometimes they're really confusing patterns. One, 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 two ones, one, two, one, one. The next one would be one, 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 two, two ones. It's an annoying pattern. That annoyed me years ago. I heard that one. That really annoyed me. But sometimes you might go, I didn't spot the pattern first of all. But once you spot the pattern, once you see the way that God weaves us into his story, man, the Bible's fun to read. (laughs) Man, the goodness of God is good to spot. How incredible it is to be in a community of believers where we don't just look to the past for the provision of God, but we look to the present and we look to the future. And we sit here and we say, man, this is the little bit of provision in my life. This is the way that God has weaved me into his story. I thought it was chance, you know. No, it wasn't chance that I ended up here. Or that I met that person. Or that what was it that we heard last week? Beautiful, Lynn, wasn't it? It wasn't chance. It wasn't chance that on that day that God said, no, I've got David waiting for you. I love it. Because that's the provision of God's. Not just in the past. We don't just have the stories of old. We have the stories of now and the stories of not yet that we look forward to. Who else has God got to draw in? Who else is God redeeming? Who else is God bringing in? Who else is the Ruth amongst us today? Who else is the Ruth amongst us as a community that's being weaved into the promises of God? We have a God who knows what he's doing. He is sovereign and we worship him for it.
So where we're going to land is we're going to break bread with each other. I'm not going to lead it from the front. Actually, I want us to come back to the little group that we're in now. You said hi to each other 20 minutes or so ago. And now, just with each other, just would one person just be bold enough just to say, should we just break bread with each other? Just look at each other there. You've got the bread and you've got the wine. You might just say to each other, we're just going to now, just as a little act of remembrance, putting our trust in him once again and saying, he's our great redeemer. He's our great breadwinner. He's our great provider. And we're just going to say, this is Jesus' body broken for us. We're going to do this and remember him and then break bread with each other and eat it. And then start to drink the wine or the, the juice that we've got and say, actually, this is the covenant of his blood poured out for us. We're safe. We're secure. And then just, you know, you can talk now. You can start to do that. Just start to encourage each other, break breads, thank him. It might spill over into a bit of prayer. That's all good as well. You can spill over into prayer. And in a few minutes' time, we'll draw back together. If you're watching at home that's on there, why don't you, you could do this at home. If you're part of things that are there, you could start breaking bread in your houses. You could go and pray with one another. Phone someone now, join in with them. Use a way just to connect with each other.